Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, one of the things that we've tried to accomplish with this podcast was to practically address the world in which we're living in. I mean, obviously, to some extent, we're living here. We're not living in in a textbook of what theoretically would be a great utopia, but actually dealing in the reality of practicality of what's going on in, in our world. And I wanted to to address something that I think most people could consider as just a trivial, why do you care about this type thought, Joe? But I think it actually makes a, a, a grave deal of difference. And I think that this is something that I'm seeing as I've studied history a lot, um, has always been a harbinger of bad things to come. And what I'm trying to discuss is the difference between uh, jealousy and envy, at least the way that I see it. And I want you to tell me if I'm looking at things wrong, because the way that I've always perceived jealousy versus envy is that jealousy is I see someone who has something say they say someone's got a brand new truck and it looks awesome. And it's something that I want. Jealousy is, Oh man, I wish I had that. Um, I'm going to figure out a way where I can work hard so that I can get that. Um, I guess that's kind of like the, the positive side of jealousy, but where I see envy is some guy got a new truck. So rather than me trying to figure out a way to, get a new truck myself, I'd rather destroy that person and deem that person as evil and unworthy and condemn the person who was able to, to, to purchase the new truck. And that's the difference I see between them. And first off, if I'm using the two wrong words to describe those essential feelings or motivations, I would like to clarify that. But that essence of seeing someone having something you wish you had and wanting to better yourself to be able to get it versus seeing something that you wish you had and trying to destroy that person um, literally has destroyed civilizations. If you, if you read it in history um, and it, it's never worked out well, anytime that the shift has happened um, anywhere in the world, regardless of culture, it's, it's clearly a, a human nature thing. So I wanted to discuss that because I'm getting the feeling that we have, pretty radically shifted into what I'm considering envy versus let's work harder and um, figure out how to make something for ourselves. <laughs> well, I, I uh, will admit to you, Joe, that um, I, I never keep these things straight and I'm not even convinced that there's really a distinction in the meaning. Uh, and I just uh, was looking this up while you were talking and uh, Webster's Dictionary, I think, makes exactly the opposite claim that you made, that jealousy is the one that wants to destroy others and envy is more like along the lines of admiration. I, I can never quite figure that out. Um, well, nonetheless, I apologize on the verbiage. It's the essence is, is, is I think, what I'm trying correct, to get Correct. That's to, yeah. fair. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure I'm embarrassing myself in front of all of our listeners that uh, I can't keep this straight or uh, even have a clear vision of what that's supposed to be. Envy is, uh, well, part of it is that they come to us from a different language and, and so they get translated in different ways. And so... Uh, usually this one of the seven or eight deadly sins, uh, eight capital vices. Anyway, even those lists are not clear. 
but usually envy is the one that's in that list. And so you would associate that with, uh, you know, the more vicious uh, quality, but um, the, the, the scriptures talk about coveting. Usually that's the word we use in the ninth uh, and 10th commandments is uh, not to covet your neighbor's wife or not to covet your neighbor's goods. And so in terms of the, you know, the biblical language of the sinful behavior, it's that, that coveting, it's a, it's an, it's an evil desire to take for oneself what doesn't belong to them. So I like, I like the adjustment of admiration. I think uh, that's a, a good twist on, you know, the positive view of somebody else has something that I admire and, and maybe even makes me want to strive for it, increases my desire for it. Uh, I think that's the, the positive shift that we want to take in those spaces. Somebody who's been very successful in business, somebody who has a, a wonderful spouse, beautiful family, somebody who has a, you know, a nice car, um, you know, th- there's a, there's an admiration and, uh, and, and whatever the, the longing for that is called envy or jealousy, that doesn't mean necessarily taking it away from the other person, but rather inspiring me also to strive for something similar. Um, you know, that's, that's where we want to, to make the shift. And then we have to be careful around that. Uh, so to admire something and to look up to someone and to see something as possible because somebody else did it. And so it makes me kind of strive for it. That should be in touch with truth on the one hand. Um, you know, I can admire professional basketball players, but that's not going to do me a bit of good towards becoming a professional basketball player, which is quite an impossibility for me for all kinds of reasons at this point in my life. So, uh, you know, we want to do those things in, in relation to truth. Otherwise, we slip into fantasy and, and we end up rejecting the way that God made me, which is also its own beautiful thing. God didn't make me to be a professional basketball player, but he made me with my own uh, gifts and my own opportunities to uh, be, a, be a gift for others. And so I should embrace that rather than either neglecting that or even hating that for the sake of something that God did not make me. And, and there's a kind of fundamental act of obedience and trust that God knows what he's doing and what he did was for a purpose. Now, I recognize for a lot of people that can be really hard and I'm making it sound very easy, like, you know, love the way you are and don't try to be the way you aren't. Uh, well, sometimes we really feel like we came up with the short end of the stick. I, I clearly have a lot of gifts that are admired by this world and, you know, make for a lot of success. And so it's easy for me to say that you might complain or uh, uh, a critique uh, and rightly so. But um you know the 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 work and and that's going to come through our relationship with God that we that we steadily appreciate who he made us to be and the way that he loves us and uh, pope john paul famously said you are not defined by your weaknesses and failures but by your real capacity but by the love that god has for you and your real capacity to um, be his son or daughter and uh, that defines us we might add to that and say you're uh, not defined even by the things that you 
have uh, or don't have, uh, you're defined by God's love for you. That's the ultimate value. Because even, you know, whether it's a professional basketball player, um, Michael Jordan can't play professional basketball the way that he used to, let's say. Uh, we, we all lose it. So sooner or later, we all lose it. And, and so whatever things we have that give us some traction in this world, uh, there it's a fleeting value. What is the lasting value? Well, God's love for us and our capacity to be his children. Um, that's the lasting value. That's the eternal value. And that's what we need to really make our foundation. And then because I'm one of his children, I want to help other people know that they are loved and that they are his children. I want to make a contribution and respond to that love that he's given me. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to do that through the the unique gifts that he entrusted to me. And we could call that my personal vocation. I'm going to live out the humanity with all of its strengths and weaknesses that he gave to me. That's going to be my my act of obedience. And so uh, that's that's where we need to live not with our eyes constantly on everyone else and what they have and making comparisons to what we don't have, but rather trying to live in, in uh, the, the space that God has created us. Uh, and then that just makes me think of uh, one final thing that I'll say, and I'll, I'll send it back to you, Joe. But uh, St. Therese said in a very simple and beautiful way, comparison is the thief of joy. Making comparisons steals our joy. And so we really have to be so careful about that. Again, if we can turn it into admiration and I see somebody like, you know, one of my brother monks or one of my, uh, my fellow priests, you know, I see a Father Mike Schmitz, for example, and I think, wow, that guy's good for him. You know, I really, I'm really excited about the great work that he's doing, his generosity. I'm inspired by the, the way that he speaks and the way that he touches people's hearts and, you know, whatever it is. I, I see somebody who's in my space and they they inspire me and I admire that. That might help me to become uh, better using my own gifts and my own space and my own, you know, what God has done for me. But I can be inspired by that. But we don't want to look at people in a way that we make comparisons that undermine or make us lose sight of what gifts we have and the ways that we can live out uh, our relationship with God. And that's uh, that kind of comparison becomes the thief of our joy. And I think that those comparisons really are probably step one that gets us to this situation of of wanting to tear someone else down because they have something that we that we don't. Um, and so oftentimes, you, you know, people just look at where someone's at and they just assume they woke up with it. You know, like like we just assume that. You know, Father Boniface knows how to articulate very complicated theorems and in, in conversations and make them so that everyone can understand them. Well, no, that's a skill that you've worked a long time on, both in fact, you've learned all the knowledge in the first place, um, and then also the, the skill set to be able to communicate it. You know, that is something that I think that gets diminished in all of this. And yes, there are all of us have natural personalities that make us more inclined to progress at some skill sets faster or more naturally than other skill sets. I think that that's pretty safe to say. Um, you know, there's some people out there that just the, it's the way they are, that they're just better at some tasks than others. And 
you know, that's the joy of the world we live in. We can kind of focus into stuff we would rather do and team up with people who are good at the stuff we don't want to do, but that's that's the why we're a good team. I do the stuff I want. He does the stuff he wants. They both need done to get to the end conclusion. So that's that's really important to it. Um, and, and there's all kinds of analogies that 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 come out from that. But as as you say, they're looking at ourselves and wishing we were different and disparaging ourselves. It's totally counter to the end result because you don't need to be what that person is. You need to find out what you are going to become better at and progress yourself. So on the one hand, I I don't see a problem with fantasizing about, I wish my ideal life was this. What I think the problem is, is when you don't connect it to, well, how could I get there? You know, if you're sitting here going, I wish that, you know, five years from now I have this, that, and the other, whatever those are, if you don't create a plan to get there or at least attempt something, I think that that creates a pit in someone's insides that I didn't get there. I'll never be able to get there. I don't know how. And yes, some problems seem very overwhelming at the beginning, but it's not until you start doing them that, okay, this is, this is actually might be doable. And also as you start going through a process, you might realize, oh, that was a good start, but I'd rather kind of veer over here to the right a little bit. I think that that's something I, I would rather have a little bit more. Um, and I think that the the thing that is the difference from achieving the joy versus sitting back and condemning and creating essentially hatred in your heart, um, you just kind of outlined a way of doing that by wishing you were someone else. Um, it is a form of disobedience to God because you're not obedient to what his plans are in him making you. Um, but it, it, it's just a, a negative spiral um, versus trying to build something up and attempting it. Um, and I, again, I, I know that I'm in a, in a severe minority in the fact that I created a business from scratch and it's lived over a decade, but I am not in the minority of people who tried to do something and might not work. I mean, I fail at stuff all the time. Um, I mean, that's part of how I, I, I try stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that I personally do is I'm in an axe throwing league. I have probably changed my throw that I do over the last four years. I've probably changed it every two weeks for the long span of time because it wasn't perfect enough. And I didn't like it. And then then eventually you do a giant step backwards and you're like, what, did, what was I doing good before and all that? So th- the point being is there's nothing wrong with the failure, what's wrong would be is if I just had envy of these people who were doing it perfectly all the time and just wishing ill upon them or or saying that they don't deserve it when I know how much time they put into doing it. Um, Even if it's, again, something as simple as throwing an ax into a piece of wood, um, which in terms of skill sets in the modern world is pretty low on on the list compared to things like communication and being able to, you know, to relate to people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, we, we connect over these things and, and, and we, and we quickly realize how relative all of it is. Right. I mean, uh, 
I, I know this a little bit from the like the uh, playing pool space. I, I, you know, I got reasonably good C- compared to what, right? You know, well, compared to people who never play pool, I could like I could run tables. Compared to play, people who played pool a lot, like I just get crushed. I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, it's interesting how how you can line up with people. Or I think, you know, you're very kind in saying, I mean, I can articulate complex things in straightforward ways or something like that. I'm like, St. Thomas Aquinas died when he was 49. I mean, and that guy produced volumes and volumes of things that have lasted and, and have been the, the focus of the church's teaching for 800 years. You know, it's like, we got nothing. <laughs> so I have people that say, you know, like you're so productive. How do you, where do you get the time to do all this? I'm like, oh, I'm doing nothing. Thomas Aquinas was producing, you know, he produces Summa Theologica and, and countless other tomes of teaching that are comprehensive and systematic and have not, have stu- withstood the, te- the test of time for, for almost a thousand years. Like I got nothing, <laughs> you know? So so it's really it's so relative and uh and that's where you know we should the, the most important thing is to feel like we're we're all on the same team ultimately and uh and and even if we're on opposite teams with axe throwing for example in a certain sense we're on the same team because we're spurring each other on to greatness and and we're trying to encourage each other to hone your skills and uh and we develop a little more technique i always uh I don't follow golf at all, but somehow I'm surrounded by enough golfers that I, I hear about things, but I just get the impression, you know, like in golf is a place where, where people are keep pushing farther, you know, it's an individual competition, but they could keep pushing each other farther. You know, Tiger Woods, like really made a big kind of leap forward if I caught all of that correctly, but other people sort of figured out how to like do some of the stuff that he did. And, you know, and they they keep pushing each other on, and in that sense, we're all in the same team. We're, you know, we're we're doing something. We're we're pushing the limits of our humanity in a way that, um, hopefully, now I don't know that golf is advancing the entire cause of humanity, but anyway, there are people that enjoy watching it, and it's a nice it's a nice pastime, and uh, and it's you know very interesting whether it's pool or axe throwing or something else you know there's uh there's something remarkable about what we're we're able to achieve as human beings and how these games uh push us forward in interesting ways and so uh, i think if we get the right attitude about all of that and and this is where i i really appreciate jordan peterson's insight about value hierarchies and the idea that you know Obviously, the top of the value hierarchy is God by definition. It's that for which we will sacrifice everything else. And then we have to arrange the rest of the value hierarchy. And that's where things get kind of interesting. You know, like axe throwing is a value, getting better at axe throwing is a value, but it's a lesser value than your wife and your son. You know, and so you'll sacrifice axe throwing for your, you know, for your wife. Uh, now, if you can do both insofar as you can, great. That's great. You know, and hopefully your axe throwing, uh, brings you back with uh, that much more refreshed and ready to engage with your wife and your son. So even that is in a certain sense oriented to them as we, as we talked a bit about in uh, the last episode in terms of sacrifice. Uh, we want to always keep our value hierarchy sort of properly arranged and pay attention to how we're setting up uh, values, what, what's, what we hold more important than other things. And that's and you know another way to say it is we got to stay in our lane 
and and keep doing as best as we can do the things that God has entrusted to us to do. What are those things? Well, it's going to go along with the way he created our humanity. Um, he did not create my humanity for professional basketball. And so that's not my lane. Uh, he created my humanity for learning and speaking and, you know, a variety of those things. And that's kind of my lane. And I keep trying to use those gifts to support others and help to build up his kingdom. And with that being said, it's not to limit you. Like, it, it, it's not to say that that you're, this is the only realm you're you're supposed to be in. You don't explore new areas. I actually think it's the opposite. I think that we're supposed to almost be like weeds that get everywhere, but we have no idea where we'll grow at. And I think that that's really part of it. And, and you know, we just use the examples of axe throwing a pole here, but the the thing being is that you're relating with other people. And to me, that's really how this works in real life. You know, are, are you out there actually connecting with people um, you know, primarily in a physical way, like actually con you know, communicating with them, seeing them, um, and you know, interacting with people on a regular basis. Cause I think that that is part of the joy to, to get back to the core of what we we're trying to discuss here is comes from that. You know, we can all accomplish something in on computers and, and we can make our spreadsheets bigger and our bank accounts bigger and all that. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing it for and with someone else, it makes it very difficult. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason that I see so many guys that create businesses by themselves ultimately putter out is it's so much better um, when you're doing it with other people, um, whether it be losing weight, building a business, um, you know, however you want to look at it. So I, I just wanted to put that out there as, as a final thought to, to be able to be together and, and to grow um, with, with relations of other people, which really at the end of the day um, is the essence of building up the, the body of Christ, as we were kind of saying in, in different ways here in today's episode. Yeah, that's right. There's a, you know, there's there's something that that uh, well uh, let me start with affirming what you said and uh, you know and there are a lot of these kinds of shared interests that bring together human relationships uh, in heaven I don't think that there's axe throwing but uh, there are the people that you competed against in axe throwing and so that's where the you know love charity uh, caritas is the thing that lasts forever. And uh, axe throwing doesn't, you know, and, and like I said, it doesn't even last for a lifetime. You know, your muscles diminish, your, your skills uh, fall off a bit. Uh, but, but the relationships you develop in the meantime do last forever. Now, just to take one step back, because I can't help myself, uh, but uh, draw more, more generalized conclusions. Um, you know, we don't want to be too utilitarian or, or too kind of product oriented about it that if our activities aren't leading to relationships, then they're not worthwhile. Um, you know, that's where something like uh, the, the hermits, uh, people who live in total isolation, for example, uh, either in a religious sense, there's, a, there's an interaction of prayer, first of all. Uh, they do that. Christian hermits always are living, making the offering for God and, and for others. But, you know, God alone God is worth it on his own. The, the word worship has to do with the word worth, and he is worthy. 
And he's worthy, you know, the uh, famous saying from St. Irenaeus is that the glory of God is man fully alive. And man fully alive is the vision of God. And so um, living out our humanity to the full does glorify God. And God is worthy of our worship, uh, not just for the horizontal reason of making relationships, but just worthy of our worship. And there's a way that even something like axe throwing or whatever, we might build something that nobody ever sees but him. We might paint something that nobody ever sees but him. Uh, We might have various kinds of accomplishments and acts of worship and prayer and sacrifice that nobody ever sees but him. And so we can't say, well, uh, it was good because I had helped my relationships. Well, no, there were no relationships that were helped by it. God alone was helped by it, but he's actually worthy of that. So that's a little bit of a a fringe case for the most part. uh, What you're saying is true, Joe, that, you know, the, those relationships are an obvious uh, transcendent value that comes from some of our activities. But uh, just to acknowledge, we shouldn't dismiss things that don't have obvious relational advantage. Uh, even the kind of thing, you know, theoretical research is a, a world that I lived in for a while. Uh, and the idea with theoretical research is, you know, you explore interesting questions and you come up with answers, whether or not you can figure out how they apply and make anybody's life better. And uh, whether it's like, you know, Kepler spent a ton of time trying to figure out the course of the stars and eventually developed the insight around elliptical orbits. But his his research was possible based on Tycho Brahe, who uh, was who actually mapped the stars consistently every night for decades. And he didn't have any particular application. He just did that because it was worth it. Like just to God created the stars and God was worth it. And so he just like did the thing, you know? So anyway, that's, uh, I'm, I'm pushing us a bit far afield, but just to acknowledge that, uh, you know, there are things that we do without an obvious, and it kind of connects with the uh, discussion on sacrifice we had in the lap, last episode. Even when we don't exactly see how the sacrifice connects, we can feel called to do something and really do it as an act of worship. And, uh, and that's a value in itself. So. And what a beautiful thought to, to end today's episode with. So we thank everyone out there for listening. Uh, please hit subscribe, hit share, tell your friends about it. Um, we, we're constantly growing and it's primarily through word of mouth. So we thank everyone for doing that. And we will be with you again next week.